Welcome to the Incession Film Podcast Extra Film segment for January 30th, 2014, and I'm J.D. Duran. And I'm Matt Oaks from Silver Screen Riot. Hey, J.D., how's it going? Good, good, good. Thanks for being here on this Extra Film segment. Matt, you are only the second guest ever to be on an Extra Film segment, so it is great to have you here on the show, and this is your first time on our podcast in general. Hell yeah, yeah, I know. We've... uh we uh, cross paths on the lamb cast, but yep. mm-hmm. since we've never uh, done the in session. By the way, I just want to definitely give a shout out to you guys because you guys are killing it over there. I've been Thank listening you. to your Thank podcast you. uh, for a while now, ever since you had me somewhat featured on your awards. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, 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 yeah. We had a bunch of people call in and give their best picks of 2013, and yeah, we definitely had you call in. It was. That was a really fun show, and uh, yeah, thanks for the support, man, and thanks for the shout-out. Really, really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's, it. it's great. Definitely support what you guys are doing. It's a great yeah. podcast. Absolutely. And we have you scheduled on a main show coming up here in, I guess, about a month or so, like right yeah. before the Oscars. I think it's the weekend before the Oscars. Perfect. So, yeah, that's going to be a really fun show. And we have you on for a very specific reason for this extra film segment, which is going to be a lot of fun is because yes, you are one of the lucky guys that got to go to Sundance. Yes, and I was. You got to see a lot of awesome movies that most of us haven't got a chance to see yet. Uh, and we are going to talk about that. And you're going to go over what you saw, what was the best, maybe some of the stuff that wasn't some of the best. And I know you got some fun stories to throw out our way as well. So really looking forward to this show. Uh, so let's get into it. And here we go. You're listening to the Incession Film Podcast Extra Film segment. And all right, Matt, let's get really right into this because I know there's quite a few films you got to see uh, that we really want to talk about. And one of the ones that I want to get into first, and I know that this is one of your favorites, one of your most anticipated of the year. It's definitely in my top 10 most anticipated for the year. I read your review for on your website, uh, which you should go check out, by the way. It's a really, really great review. And we're talking about Richard Linklater's newest movie, Boyhood, which stars Ethan Hawke. Lay it out for us, man. What was this movie like? Well, you know, honestly, going into it, I don't really think there was a chance that I wasn't going to fall in love with this movie. Um, You take the premise and you take the cast and crew and just the massive amount of talent and ambition involved with this. And it just it's just a a setup for a home run. And that's really what it was. So for me. Last year, my favorite movie of the year um, was Before Midnight. Nice. Richard nice. Linklater's, you know, yeah, latest yeah. in his Before uh-huh. series. Um, 
I just, I absolutely fell in love with that film. Um, and so coming into 2014, I put Boyhood at the top of my most anticipated list because, you know, I thought that that was only fair and, sure. <laughs> and Boyhood did not disappoint. It really didn't. There's, it's really hard to kind of specify what, what it is about the film um, because it's not that the narrative of it is uh, particularly groundbreaking so much as uh, the approach to it is. I mean, yeah, we're talking yeah. a film that was made over 12 years. Yeah. You know? They started filming in like 2001 or 2002. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's something you can, you can feel that throughout the movie, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're, you're seeing the physical transformation of um, the, the main character, Eller, Eller Salmon, his yeah. name is, and he's not in anything else really. This is kind of like his big debut coming out day. And he's, he's fantastic in it. You know, we see him as a six year old boy, just, you know, oblivious and, um, adorable, you know, just yeah, a little yeah. kid. And then we kind of see him go through the challenges and, and the joys of, of the transformation that is growing up. That's really interesting. I know the premise sounded, it was really cool when I was reading up about it and I'm trying not to read too much into it because I really want to go into yeah. it as fresh as possible, but I definitely Absolutely. wanted to read your review and a couple of thoughts uh, a- after, you know, it premiered at, at Sundance and whatnot. It just, and everything that you're telling me just makes me more and more excited for this. I just, you I know, can't I wait would, to watch it. I would try and temper your expectations and, and say, you know, obviously don't go into this thing. It's going to be the best movie ever because I sure. wouldn't say that it is the best movie ever. However, just the emotional connection that that you get in this movie that I felt, uh, it was just so genuine and just kind of, um, it it could only have come from the process that is making this over 12 years. I mean, most movies, maybe they're filmed in a month if it's a little indie, three months is probably more standard, but 12 years, that's unprecedented. Yeah, and that's a lot of what Ethan Hawke has been talking about when people are asking about this movie is it's it's just something that we haven't really seen before and to see how it was kind of pieced together I, apparently it's just it's just one of a kind just something that you won't forget yeah it's and, and one of the thing i think that that really stood out for me personally and and i i kind of mentioned this in my review um is i wonder how many other people will feel like this is a movie that's kind of about them because, oh, yeah. um, you know, uh-huh. as they're growing up, you know, there's his dad and him like they have talks about, you know, what's going to happen next in Star Wars. You know, they're talking about this back <laughs> in like 2005. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, oh, you think they'll ever make another Star Wars movie? <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's then, interesting. You know, they're talking about the Beatles and girls and drinking. And, and it's yeah. just all these things that we kind of uh, have experienced and gone through and all these topics that are, you know, at once kind of, you know, um, pop culture but then also you know we have an intimate connection to so yeah i just love that portion of the movie just it, how how closely i could relate sure. to kind of uh, these characters it just seems really authentic absolutely yeah interesting uh, one other quick question i had on that is just ethan hawk himself i think mm-hmm. as an actor sometimes he can be hit or miss with some of the projects and whatnot that he chooses Obviously, in my opinion, I think the Before series is his best work, acting wise mm-hmm. at all. How does he? How is he in this as as an actor? What is he doing 
I mean, how would you relate it to some of his previous works? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, like in this, Hawk is great, but he's he's more of a secondary character, um, even to Patricia Arquette, who yeah. is the mom in Interesting. this film. Interesting. Um, I thought I thought Hawk was absolutely brilliant, um, especially in Before Midnight. He really just blew me away, and I yeah. thought that was the best, most underrated performances of the year. I you know, agree. He never really stood a chance at an Oscar nomination, but I was really sad to see that you know he yeah. wasn't even considered because I, I just thought he was phenomenal in that. Um, yeah. In this, he's great, but he's he plays much more of – a supporting secondary character. You know, he wasn't involved every year. He came in. Oh, interesting. Maybe every other year or so, because in the film, he's, he's going through a, a separation with his wife in the beginning. And oh, okay. So he's not a constant presence in his children's life. And that's, you know, kind of another thing that's ongoing throughout the film, but you know, he's, he's great. And as you said, he is, um, I don't think he is hit or miss so much as the projects he's involved in are hit or miss. That's very true. Yeah. That's mostly, I think what it comes down to really, if you break it down. Yeah. I mean, even getaway, which dear Lord, what a terrible movie that was, (laughs) you know, it wasn't his fault. He wasn't the problem. It was that movie was just doomed to begin with. Yeah. Sometimes he just picks bad projects. (laughs) That's really what it is. And honestly, like Richard Linklater, he's his savior. You know, he's yeah. he's taken Ethan Hawke and he has turned yeah. his career into something that you could have never imagined. Sure, so. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'll Linklater has just really become one of those directors that I mean, regardless of whatever he's directing, I just want to go see it. Like, I love the way that he works in dialogue in those characters. He's he just comes across more authentic than any other director I feel like that's out there. Yeah, really, I absolutely really agree with you. I think. Uh, for my money, honestly, he's he's quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, living directors. Yeah, yeah. And he's just he's on a tear right now. He's just he knows what he's doing, and he has his own niche of just <laughs> kind of doing these wildly original, yeah. independent features that nobody else is doing. And yeah, I'm just eating them up. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be really fun to you know once his career is over, you know, twenty thirty years from now to really see how it, people will look back on his career versus mm-hmm. what right now. Cause I, I, I have a feeling that people will probably revere him much, much more. You know, I, I down the agree. Road. Cause honestly, he, he's a name like people don't know, you know, they know dazed and confused and that's probably about it from Richard Linklater. Yeah. He, he's just not a household figure and he, he's not a known name. So it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see like 30, 40 years down the line. Yeah. yeah how he's, how he's looked back on. Well, speaking of directors, let's go and move on from one that I think is really great and is obviously very experienced to one that is not. And let's talk about Zach Braff's latest film, Wish I Was Here, which got a little bit of buzz and people were kind of talking and hyping up a little bit, I guess, before Sundance. And I think people are interested because I think they like Zach Braff as an actor and, and, and his comedic style and whatnot. Uh, I know that you didn't have strong reactions to this film. What did you think about Wish I Was Here? Okay. So, first of all, I think it's kind of funny when people say, like, they're a fan of Zach Braff as a writer and director. Because so far as I know, you know, he had um, Scrubs, which... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a Scrubs aficionado, so I don't really know too much about scrubs but he was the star of maybe he did some writing on 
Do you know if he directed that as well? He directed seven episodes. Okay, so yeah, yeah, okay, so he directed some episodes. I wasn't a huge Scrubs fan. I thought, you know, that's not my camp. I I think Garden State is uh, is really good. Maybe a touch overrated, but I still think it's a really good film. Um, yeah, obviously, the soundtrack yeah. on that is one of <laughs> yeah. the most incredible yeah. soundtracks yeah. of all time. Yeah, and I think probably because of that soundtrack and just uh, the time and the place of independent cinema at the time, that was like you know, a big, a big hit and had a big impact. Um, so going into this, I was actually really anticipating, um, wish I was here. Now, when I saw the film, my feelings changed very quickly. Um, God, it's, it's really, okay. How do I put this? I don't want to say that it sucked so much as it was just shocking how depressing this movie was really interesting it's 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 really hard to put into words how kind of taken aback i was as to just how utterly down and depressed one is after seeing this film is it do you think it's more of a script issue or was it just kind of the aesthetic that he created it was definitely in the script department it was definitely the story which um braff wrote with his uh, brother actually yeah, yeah yeah his brother adam yeah yes and um i don't exactly know what their intent is with making this film but you know the way that, that he approached it directorially he he throws in you know some dark humor and uh the movie really starts off great like the first 20 minutes or so i was loving it i was thinking this is gonna be another garden state this is a great movie. It's a lot of fun. It's quirky. It's different. It's off the cuff. A um, lot of non sequiturs and just don't really know where this is going. And then all of a sudden, out of left field, they introduce this character who is uh, Zach Braff's father, played by Mandy Patkinson, who you might know if you watch uh, Homeland. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Saul. And his name in this is actually Saul. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> and he's kind of, um, he's introduced as the disapproving father figure. Um, Brass character is like an actor. He's out of work. Um, his career never really went anywhere. You know, it's, it's not depressing in and of itself, but as a microcosm of the film at large, and when you start seeing these other things revealed in the film, you start seeing like, Oh damn, like everything's really depressing. So his yeah. father, who's disapproving of him and his brother, and they have a shady relationship, about 20 minutes in, it's revealed that he has terminal cancer and he's on his way out the door. Oh wow. And at that point, it kind of just turns into just the biggest tear-jerking event. I, I could have possibly imagined. Um, you oh, know, wow. Raph is struggling with with his failed career. His wife at work, um, who is played by what's her name, um, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kate Hudson. She's you know his wife. I don't know how believable that is, but it is. <laughs> and she's being sexually harassed at work, as if that's some kind of funny topic. And mm. then we have. Mandy Pakinson, who's dying of cancer, and his other son, Zach Brass' brother, who refuses to speak to him. So it just it gets so dark, just just takes a left turn into just this depressing mire and never really comes out of it. And I was just 
so glum watching this film. And mm, that's the problem, crazy. The problem for me is not a depressing movie because it's okay if if a movie is depressing and it's done well. Like The but Road. Like, the Road is a great example of that. Exactly. And like, you know, Schindler's List to take an obvious oh, example. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a depressing movie. The, the point of that movie is not to depress you. Whereas with Wish I Was Here, it seems like they just took every single route to try and make it as depressing as possible. You know, if you have a central premise that's focusing around a dad who's dying of cancer, you don't need to throw in all these other plot lines that are also equally depressing. And yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't add up to anything. It's, I, I can't, I can't in good uh, nature really suggest it to anyone unless they really want to go and be bummed out. Cause that seems like his only intent here. Is well, to bump out his audience. Well, let me ask you this, because according to IMDb, it's listed as a comedy and a drama, and mm-hmm. it's got you know comedic a- actors in it. You know, it ha- you know, oh, yeah. Josh Gad, Jim Parsons, Gad. Yep. Uh, Daniel, you know, Faison is all in here. I mean, does it have any humor elements at all? Do they try to embed some of that, or is it just because of the nature of the film and where it goes? It just there's nothing really there to solidify the comedy. You know, as I said, like it's when it started, it was great. Like I really loved the first 20 minutes or so. I thought it was really funny. Um, there was a lot of kind of jokes going off. Um, you know, his children are are enrolled in this Jewish uh, Jewish high school. And, you know, <laughs> Braft does all these riffs where he's like talking to the rabbis. And it's it's really funny. And I thought it was really going in this positive, funny direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, responding to your question, like, I feel like they started off with the first minute, 20 minutes as a comedy. And then they're like, wait, hold on. Let's do the rest as a drama. So, <laughs> so just like, just, like those two, those two portions of the movie never gelled. Interesting. Yeah. It didn't work for me at all. I, I was really taken aback by it and I would wish it upon no one. Very interesting stuff. Uh, I'm not sure when this one is getting a wide release, but it might be worth approaching it with a little bit of an arm's length. Well, let's let's move on to something that hopefully is a little bit more fun and interesting to talk about. And let's talk about the winner at the Sundance Film Festival, which is Whiplash. And I think what's really interesting about this movie, I don't know much about it, but I know that it stars Miles Teller. And this guy was one of my breakout roles of last year for me. I, I never really watched him a ton until The Spectacular Now, uh, and I loved him in that. And uh, so going into 2014, I'm really, really more curious uh, to see more from this guy. Is this something where he was able to live up to his performance in that? Uh, I, again, I haven't read too much into it, so I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this movie. So as somebody who uh, just earlier this week went and saw that awkward moment, which also stars miles teller, yeah, which um, I'm seeing this weekend. So I have, oh actually haven't seen my it yet. God, JD, I would, I would beg you not to It is <laughs> really that bad, huh? Yeah. I'm allowed to talk about it now. I was on, I was signed <laughs> on an NDA to not talk about it until three o'clock this afternoon. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I posted my review and it is just a horrid film. I, yeah, <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> Way more. I mean, I don't want to go on too much of a tirade, but what an ugly, ugly perspective on life that film has. Well, we maybe I won't go see it then. <laughs> yeah, for it, sure. It is, oh, 
God, don't give it a penny. I'm begging you. Um, but back to my point. So apparently Miles Teller is is doing uh, the classic Hollywood move of one for them, one for me. And Whiplash is definitely one for him. He really nice. knocks it out of the park in this nice. movie. Yeah. Um, him and uh, J.K. Simmons, who you've seen a million times. Yeah. His name might not I, immediately come to mind. He's great, probably though. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, probably the thing you could associate him with most is um, playing the uh, famous head of uh, the oh god I'm the, fading on Spider-Man lore, yeah, but yeah. he's he's the Parker, he's the head Parker's, of the Bugle newspaper and the Sam Raimi Bugle, Spider-Man. Yeah, is it J. Peter Parkinson? P- J. Yeah. Peter something something I don't know. like that. Yeah, 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 something like that. He's that guy, um, and he's been in a million things. He's been in Juno, Oz, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he he in this movie is just a revelation. He is that's awesome, fantastic. I love that. Yeah, he's I, he. I he's, like I love him as an actor. So that's great to hear. Yeah, yeah, I really wouldn't be surprised if he rode throughout this whole year um, on some Oscar buzz and and saw best supporting actor nomination. And really? he he that's really great. would deserve it because he is he is out of the park in this movie. So he plays a. Um, He's a jazz instructor at this fictitious, prestigious uh, university, or I guess they call it music conservatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called Schaefer, which actually doesn't exist. I looked it up. Um, but it's the best in the U.S. in the context of, of Whiplash. And he's the best director there. So basically the story goes, um, Miles Teller's character is a young uh, drummer aspiring to be not amongst the best, but the best, the next name in drumming. He wants to be the next uh, Buddy Rich, the next Dave Weckl. He wants to be the next it guy. Yeah. Um, But he's still kind of in like, you know, only his first or second year and he's in kind of the lower level bands and JK Simmons character in the first scene, he happens to hear him uh, practicing kind of by himself in a room and he just walks in and, just the chemistry between these two throughout the entire film is just, it's just captivating. It's, it's a great movie. Um, I'm a drummer. Yeah. So seeing like the drum solos and the stuff, <laughs> that, you know, Miles Teller did drum lessons for a couple months for this. Obviously he's not doing all the drumming because this is some of the best drumming we've ever seen in a movie ever. If not the best. <laughs> really? Wow. Oh my God. It's as a drummer, it's incredible. And I was like, Sitting in my seat, tapping along, just nodding my head, freaking out. It was awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I mean, I've heard nothing but amazing things. I'm trying to keep, again, with most of these movies, I'm trying not to get too much into them, you know, because I, I like to go into movies as fresh as possible. But it's hard when you hear really good things about some actors you're really interested in or, or some other films. And, uh, man, I, all of that just sounds really, really fascinating. And, and especially with some of the acting that you're talking about. Yeah, man, that's it's got a cast that I really enjoy, even though I'm not uh, familiar with the director at all. Uh, this definitely is, I think, creeping up as far as a movie that I'm really, really anticipating now for this year. Yeah, as you should, because it's, you know, obviously trying to temper expectations. It's it really kind of came out of nowhere because originally I was not even going to see this movie. Originally, I wasn't going to get there until uh, the second day. 
of Sundance, but I changed my flights around, ended up getting in the first night, and this was the first movie I saw at Sundance. And I went with my friend, and we were, um, you know, hadn't really heard anything about it because it opened Sundance. The opening film of yeah. Sundance had never really been a big deal. I, As far as I know, the opening film had never won both the audience award and the you know dramatic film award before. Yeah. So this is kind of a shift for Sundance festivals because you know this is the first film they played and ended up winning the whole thing, both for the, the judges yeah. and audiences alike. So really had some staying power. For um, sure. Awesome film. I would love to see it again. And that's man, that's well, that awesome. speaks volumes for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not sure on a release date, but Definitely one we're checking out. Do you, you have do you have a review on this on your website? I do. Yeah, I gave it um I gave it an A minus, which for me is really good. I think uh you might remember I'm sometimes yeah. a little bit of a hard ass <laughs> on stuff. Um I should yeah. actually be mentioning what I gave. So Boyhood, in retrospect, I gave an A plus two. Wish I was here, I gave a C minus, and this I gave an A minus. Because there were a couple things where I thought it kind of went down a traditional route. Sure, um, sure. But for me, I think the thing that really is so wonderful about this film is just the high that it goes out on. Um, obviously, nice. yeah. not trying to spoil anything, but it just takes this last act twist that that you don't really see in movies. And it, and it goes out on this note that um, you wouldn't really expect a movie to leave you on. And it's just such a high note. And That's the great. final scene is just jaw dropping. That's exciting. Yeah. That's Maybe, probably going to be my favorite scene of the entire year is the, that final scene. <laughs> really? Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but no, I really again, can't wait to see it. As a drummer, as a drummer. So it, sure, it's got a, sure. a whole different level of um, appreciation sure. coming from no, no, I understand that. Well, I guess to kind of move on, I know there's one other film that you really enjoyed. This is a mo- movie that I'm not quite as familiar with. Uh, so you have to catch me up to speed and also let us know what you liked of it. But it's a, a movie called Blue Ruin. Uh, what did you think about this one? Okay, so this is a movie that didn't premiere at Sundance. I think it opened at Cannes and then might have played at TIFF, or maybe it only played one or two, uh, one of the two. Um, but this was a movie by a young director, hasn't done much, um, starring people you haven't heard of, including uh, Mason Mason Blair – I believe his name is who is the uh, Macon Blair is his name. Macon Macon Blair. That's how you pronounce it. Um, Who's the lead of this. And it's hard um, to kind of see this kind of film coming. What it reminds me of is like an early Coen brothers film. And I mean that in the best way possible. Interesting. So the story is kind of this dark, gritty American tale of revenge. Um, we meet Macon Blair's character in the beginning, and he is uh, kind of like this homeless vagrant um, living out of this car that has bullet holes in it. Um, he's sneaking into people's houses and taking baths in their house uh, because apparently he has nowhere else to bathe. Um, <laughs> and this police car rolls up to his abode, which is a, you know, car with holes bullet holes in it and she says um could you come down to the station with me i've got something to tell you uh they go down to the station together and she reveals that a man has just been released from prison and that man is um the person who had killed his parents years earlier interesting 
So he sets out to murder this man. <laughs> what a what a plan of attack. Yeah. So it's kind of this classical revenge tale, um, beautifully filmed, very subtly told. And in the first 20 minutes, it feels like the movie is resolved and finished. And you're thinking to yourself, how is this going to proceed from here? Because it seems like all the <laughs> loose ends are tied up. Um, it, it almost seems like it was a short film. And then you're yeah. thinking, how is this going to go on? And then the twists and turns that it takes from there on out are just baffling and, and just awesome. Like, it's, it's, it's hard cool. not to just call this film awesome because it's awesome. It's an <laughs> awesome movie. Well, it does come out April 25th, so we won't have to wait too terribly long to to get a chance to see this one. So, Yeah, uh, and I definitely encourage everyone to kind of rush out to see this because it is such a, a small project. Um, yeah. Little people. I mean, I was posting my reviews of it, and uh, Macon Blair was retweeting it. Oh, <laughs> wow. Know, that, nice. That's always a sign yeah. of you know, how small something really yeah. is when I'm doing anything and someone yeah. so involved will, in the film is retweeting it. Yeah, no kidding. So this will probably get a small, limited release, most likely. Yeah, then. I, I don't imagine it'll ever get a wide release, but if you see this at your small kind of local art theater, um, definitely seek yeah. it out. It is, it's totally um, out of left field. I don't think you'll expect what's coming at all. And yeah, I yeah. think the director just so shows so much promise. And I, I can't wait to see what he follows this up with because this is, this is one of the standouts of Sundance for me. Yeah. It didn't even, didn't even premiere there. So, and it's gotten nothing but positive buzz. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's an, for a small independent movie. I mean, that's, that's really some of the best marketing you can have is getting out yeah, to these festivals. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess kind of as we're looking to wrap up this extra film segment, I know you got to see a lot other films and I wanted to give you a chance real fast to kind of, uh, to kind of go into some of these other ones. Cause I know you also got to see Calvary and wetlands and a few other ones as well. Uh, is there any other thoughts or other movies that you just kind of wanted to touch on real fast? Yeah, okay, I'll do a quick breeze over. I'll go through uh kind of do a sweeping thing here. Um so good. Calvary you mentioned, I'll I'll bring that up quickly. Um this is a, again a really depressing movie. It's at its core, it's dark, it's sad, it's dour, but it is excellent. It is just blew me out of the park. Um this is the second film by John Michael McDowell who previous to this uh, had done The Guest, which also starred Brendan Gleeson, who is the star of this. Um, yeah. So Calvary is about a priest who essentially is threatened by someone in his parish. Um, they they tell him that they have been abused by a priest when they were little. Mm. It was not him, but they tell him that they're going to kill him because they know that he's a good man and they want to take something out on a good man. Oh, man. And so the film just kind of focuses around kind of his struggle to come to terms with this. And he and the most interesting part of it is he knows this person, but he he doesn't yeah. reveal it um, to us. He doesn't really wow. reveal it to the authorities. So it's him kind of struggling with this. And it's it's a phenomenal film. Yeah, It sounds like a really um, interesting character piece. 
Yeah, it, it's great. And um, Brendan Gleeson just really stands out in it. Um, so that was great. I gave that a B plus. Wetlands is another that you said. Um, that That is a movie that I hate to say it, but I don't think that um, probably you or many of the listeners are going to end up seeing um, because A, it's a German film and B, it's uh, pretty much a sexploitation film. And I cannot imagine it getting past the MPAA oh, um, wow. in any existing form that it's in right now. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> it's, but having yeah. said that, and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't really won over by the exploitativeness of the film so much as just how much it's able to accomplish uh, in kind of this really graphic, vulgar realm. It's yeah. just so over the top and gross and yet at the same time kind of like sexy and beautiful and does all does all of the does all of the nudity and graphicness of it does it seem to fit the movie does it or is it just kind of does it feel kind of contrived and forced no absolutely the opposite it's 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 uh part and parcel of the experience okay so um essentially you know it's about this young nympho and um her obsession with kind of her sexuality and her bodily fluids. And it's not so much nudity. You know, we're not, we're not talking about um, nymphomaniac here. We're talking more about there's, we see blood and poop and semen. Oh, um, man. Just kind of like literally anything that could possibly come out of your body, we see come out of the body. Like, oh, man. <laughs> vomit. It's, it's gross. And there's a lot of points where you're turning away, but it's also just – uh, really deeply comic the way that they do it. And I just love the fact that I was able to really laugh, be disgusted, uh, feel deeply emotionally about these characters all at the same time. And the fact that um, the director was able to do this, uh, his name is David Went, and he actually spoke after the film. Um, it's just, you know, it's really stunning. And it's it's a picture that if you get a chance to see it and probably the only way you would is on VOD, um, I would most definitely encourage you to do it. So long as your parents and or significant other, if they're a little touchy or not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it is, this Just is a, be warned. <laughs> this is a raunchy movie, but I yeah. loved it. I, I, it was one of my favorites of the whole festival. I gave it an A, um, Very absolutely nice. loved it. I know. Uh, if, if you read much uh, Chuck Palahniuk, I mentioned this in my review. It reminds me of a Chuck Palahniuk book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, so I'm not too did, familiar like, with fight, it. He, he's a, he's a man who wrote Fight Club. Okay. And Survivor. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of great stuff. So well, it kind of reminded me of his voice and tone. <laughs> Very interesting. I'll have to keep that one in mind in case I see it on VOD or yeah. something. Then. Uh, well, I guess kind of transitioning to that, I know you didn't get a chance to see this, but uh, Nymphomaniac did play out at Sundance. Uh, what was some of the reaction of some of the people out there when you were there? Um, so I, it was actually a secret screening, so I didn't go to it because I didn't think to go to a secret screening. Uh, <laughs> obviously, yeah. I kind of wish I had, even though I... Uh, I actively mentioned, like in my in my most anticipated movies of the year, I potentially uh, I, I intentionally left this off and made kind of a little side note, like oh, I'm not really looking forward to. How is this a movie that anyone can really look forward? Yeah, yeah. But I, I wish I had seen it. Um, 
but I feel like on the most part, reviews have been mixed. Um, some people have really liked it. I think the one review that I read um, that was really in support of it was uh, Christopher Tapley, who's over at In Contention, and he he said it was you know really engaging. Can't wait yeah. to see what's next because this is only part one. Yeah, there's of, there's a of the five and a half, half hours. hours. Yeah, there's two different parts to the movie. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. I've heard, though, it's got some pretty funny elements to it as well. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, I, I'm i willing to give it a shot now more so than um, before anything had come out about it because sure. it seems like, for the most part, people are really liking this movie. Um, and, you know, that's always something that kind of interests me. Yeah, yeah. Personally, Lars Van Trier, I think he's a bit of a turnoff. Um, I think he's got a capacity to do some really – beautiful stuff cinematically but just kind of the the narrative elements that he likes to include in his film are just a little too much for me you know watching sure. antichrist and seeing um the the female lead in that movie take a rusty pair of scissors and cut off her clitoris with it is something i don't want <sighs> kicking around in my mind but yeah you know, <laughs> yeah no kidding too late for that so. <laughs> there's so there's that image there for our viewer for our listeners yeah, exactly. <laughs> so sorry if, about that if you hadn't seen it yet now you know why you ought not watch <laughs> antichrist yeah that on that reason alone <laughs> so. but there's a there's actually a funny anecdote about the uh, the screening for nymphomaniac um that I'd like to share. Um, one of the filmmakers who was present at the festival um, went to the secret screening with his parents. Um, oh man! <laughs> and as uh, as you know, the title card rolls up, "Nymphomaniac." He looks over. <laughs> and thinking, oh. oh. My mom is right next to me. Um, and this yeah. has kind of been like a big story circulating around the internet and Twitter. That's funny. Um, yeah. So this this woman, I think her name is uh, Julie Johnson. Um, she ended up watching uh, all of Nymphomaniac there with her son and her husband. And <laughs> oh, God. She, it's funny because she's really been kind of almost the voice of this movie. Like yeah, if yeah, you yeah. search Nymphomaniac reviews, you're probably going to hear about Julie Johnson before you hear about <laughs> anyone else. That is quite interesting. And, I, and I'm always interested to hear people's responses to these kind of movies in theaters. And, you know, when 50 shades of gray and all that nonsense was coming out, you know, my argument against those kind of films is I, I'm not sure who is going to want to see that in theaters with a bunch of strangers around. I feel sure. like those kind of movies would be, would do much better if they did like straight to VOD or straight to DVD and Blu-ray, not because they're not any good. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me personally, but I, I there's something about, I don't know if I want to watch that kind of stuff, you know, with a bunch of strangers around. I will completely mimic that sentiment because that's exactly how I felt when I was in blue is the warmest color yeah, yeah. surrounding me. Yeah. We're two retired couples, and yeah. uh, you know, there I am sitting there, yeah. like oh, I'm kind of turned on by this, but there's an old woman sitting next to me. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how I'm supposed yeah. to feel. This is wrong. Yeah, and I think that's why I. I mean, it was my number two of 2013, but I also got to watch it in the comfort of my own home. So <laughs> you know, uh, that with no one else. Nice. Had, 
Yeah. I would have liked that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that will change how people perceive these kind of films. I mean, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's always an interesting thing because, you know, I, I feel like it would – people will respond better, I feel like, if they were in more comfortable situations than seeing all I that with – I feel the same way. God, I can't imagine seeing Nymphomaniac seating, sitting next to, you know, yeah. God who <laughs> – yeah, especially you know, your mom. <laughs> That's even yeah, crazier. Especially my mom, but almost even worse would be you know some middle aged dude wearing a baseball hat. Oh yeah, like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing here, but I don't trust uh, it. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, all right, well, I guess before we finish up, uh, is there any other films that you got to see that you just wanted to mention or just kind of throw out there really, yeah, really fast? Yeah, there's definitely. Um, I think one other that I definitely want to talk about another couple that were good that I'd like to bring up really quickly. Uh, life after Beth was fun. That's kind of like a zombie flick. I didn't love it, but you know, it had a lot of problems. It was fun fishing without nets, which won the, uh, director best directing award for, uh, cutter, uh, Hodier, Hodier. I don't know. Some last name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really bad with pronouncing last names. That was good. (laughs) Um, really had a stunning conclusion. Um, let's see. I, I actually really ended up enjoying the movie with Kristen Stewart, which was Camp X-Ray. Okay, I thought yeah, yeah. she was great in that. Um, and holy hell, I have never gotten such response to anything I've ever posted in my entire life as Camp X-Ray. Thousands of hits, just retweet after retweet favorite response wow comments people, <laughs> I, I had to delete tons of co- just people going nuts at me um even though i was complimenting Kristen stewart for this movie i made mention somewhere in it of like oh her laughable career because of twilight and, <laughs> and, uh, you know whatever that snow yeah. white crap yeah. was and just god the twihards they are <laughs> Out, out for blood. Yeah, they'll come after you. <laughs> you better watch yourself. So yeah, that was that was definitely yeah. blowing up. Um, but aside from kind of the drama surrounding that, I, I really liked uh, a lot of that film. It had it had a couple problems, um, sure. but I thought that was really solid. Um, Young Ones was one that kind of surprised me and was very cool. Um, that has, of course, Michael Shannon and then a bunch of really talented young young actors uh with nicholas holt cody smith mcphee and l fanning yeah. and it's kind of that um this great, weird yeah. uh kind of futuristic sci-fi western um and it's just really kind of great how um jake paltrow who is gwyneth paltrow's brother directs this movie um because it really just feels like the perfect perfect synthesis of western and sci-fi um uh, that sounds awesome. And I love and so, Michael yeah, Shannon. If you enjoy those elements, it's really cool. It's kind of like the best way that I would describe it is like um, if the good, the bad, and the ugly took place on Tatooine. Oh, nice. Okay. So take from that what yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um Then a couple documentaries that I saw. I saw Dinosaur 13, which is interesting. Again, had some couple problems with it. It's about um, the discovery of the 13th t-rex fossil okay so that was interesting um another documentary was the overnighters that was another one that was interesting nice um and if i before i go into kind of the last great one i'd like to talk about some 
here. <laughs> okay, okay. So there's one that's at the bottom. I won't bring that up yet, but I actually I wrote an article the other day um, that I titled "The Case Against Faux Art Films: Why I Walked Out of the Better Angels and Jamie Marks is Dead." And <laughs> essentially, <laughs> I just went on a tirade about snobby, independent quote unquote art films and why I'm just so tired of people singing these films to the praises and just having these lofty opinions as if these are, you know, the films that, that everyone else is missing out of and don't understand. And, uh, you know, everyone's a phony. Why don't they get these movies? And that, that whole perspective, I'm just, it pisses me off <laughs> yeah. kind of, of over it. Um, I felt the same way when tree of life came out, which is a film that I yeah. despised. Um, and you're not the only one in that boat too. We've had people okay, on, on the show before that said that before too. Oh, oh are you not with me on that? <laughs> um, I enjoyed tree of life. I wouldn't have given it best picture, but uh, I mean, I, I like Terrence Malick for the most part. I don't necessarily care for the way he tells a narrative. And, and yes. obviously it's, it's really strange in the way that he does it. And some of it can work. Okay. And some of it, I think, um, is just kind of is just kind of hard for me. Yeah, I didn't enjoy Tree of Life. I did not care for To the Wonder. That was to me one of those where, of course, it's visually oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, it was visually beautiful, but also the narrative there was is kind of what I'm talking about. It just kind of wasn't yeah. pieced together right, and that's kind of what you're going to get with Terrence Malick anyway. Yeah, and so The Better Angels. Speaking of Terrence Malick, this was um, produced by Terrence Malick. Oh, and okay. as you might know, Terrence Malick does not produce much. He he's maybe done one other and produced one other film in the last yeah. couple decades. Uh, but he this is not something that we see often from Malick. And I believe that it was also um, he was also the editor on To the Wonder, which you said you didn't really like. And to me, it just the way that he was trying to piece that narrative together and, and maybe it's I, I don't. I mean, I don't know how much editing he's done before. To me, that one just didn't work as well as some of the other ones that I like from him. Um, but so he did the Better Angels, which is a movie about um, young Abraham Lincoln. Um, it's filmed entirely in black and white, and it's essentially Terrence Malick uh, imitation. And interesting. I just. Oh my God. I was bored to tears. I walked out of the movie and that's not something I do often. I just like so many shots of, um, you know, somebody wandering around, nothing's actually happening. They're wandering through a field and then the camera angle switches. And it's one of those classic Terrence Malick shots where the camera is facing upward. Yeah. Uh See the trees and the Uh light is peeking through the trees and you know, the glare is hitting the camera and it was just essentially a movie of, you know, camera glare through the trees and whispering. And then there's young <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, pile of trash, pile of trash. <laughs> so that's pretty much the uh, the whole gamut. I have one more film that I can talk about or I cannot, um, which was another one of my favorite films at the festival. And we're talking about The Raid 2, right? That's the one you got to see? Oh, don't... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So sorry. Reference to he didn't get a chance to see that. 
No, I didn't. I had to leave the day before the premiere. I talked to the publicists. I emailed them. I was like, hey, is there any chance I could get a screening of this or I could go to a viewing room or, you know, you could like set up a special viewing just for me? Obviously, they're like, no. No. Yeah, you're screwed. But I am am so bummed I didn't get to see that. high 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 up on my most anticipated list and i know that the cut that we're gonna see after the mpaa gets to it is gonna be at least marginally watered down and that really upsets me because i want to see the blood give me the blood (laughs) (laughs) sure i've heard amazing things about it so and i didn't see the last one until about um you know five months ago or so yeah same here I, i watched it last like October or, no, or yeah. September, something That's like that. That's a great movie, yeah, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, wow. I absolutely loved it. That's easily the best, you know, pure genre action movie I've seen in yeah. years. Just awesome. Yeah, I actually had to watch it twice because the first time I saw was like an English dubbed version of it, but it was the only. Oh, no, it was oh. the only copy I had at the time, and I wanted to watch it. And while the action was awesome, it was almost one of the best comedies I saw all of last year because yeah. the English dubbed version was so bad. That actually happened to be the first time I watched Old Boy. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I ended up turning it off because I was like, this is a joke. And then when I ended up rewatching it in, you know, the original uh, Korean with, with subtitles, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But yeah. God, don't American subtitles or dub overs just They're absolutely bad. Yeah. <laughs> they ruin they ruin the film. Yeah. yeah. They do. It's it turns into a joke. I don't understand how that was like a tradition for forty years. I, I don't I who knows. <laughs> That's gotta stop though. That's gotta stop. So I guess the one last plug, because I gotta talk about this one last film, um, uh, because it was awesome. And I think that you would love it. I think um probably most of the the listeners would love it is The Guest by Adam Wingard. Um, okay. Now, quickly, t- tell me if you're familiar with Adam Wingard. I'm not hugely familiar with him. Okay. I would contend that I think you are. Um, have you seen the VHS series? I haven't, actually, no. Okay. Fair enough. Um, well, he did portions in both of those. Yeah. And then he also directed um, Your Next, which oh, came out last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That one I did watch. And I yeah. did hear actually good things about VHS too. I never had seen him, but I've listened to other podcasts and where people would bring that up and say that they liked it better than the first one. I mean, I would no. have no idea, but that's just kind of the general consensus of what I've heard from others. Honestly, but. I felt the opposite way. I liked it significantly less. I thought there was one great portion, but more on to the guest. Um, if you liked your next, um, I guess, tell me, did you like your next? I had some issues with it, but yeah, I think for the most part I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought it was just a ton of fun. Um, a great kind of experiment with genre and just kind of, you know, it took horror and it did, it did kind of this great little campy, exciting twist to it. Um, yeah. And, and the guest kind of does that, but goes beyond, um, so the guest is kind of it feels like a horror movie, but it's really an action movie and it's really a thriller and it's really a sci-fi and it's all these great genres kind of mashed together into this one ball that just then kind of catches on fire and explodes. And it's just <laughs> all over the place. That Dan sounds... Stevens as the lead is fantastic. It's a ton of fun. Um 
just the audience was cheering the whole way through. And this is just a movie that's so easy to get wrapped up in and just leave the theater just loving it. So that I definitely love awesome. to plug that one. Well, there you go. I guess if you're a big fan of that genre and if you like, you know, those, if you like your next, it sounds like that definitely is one worth checking out for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, one quick question before we, before we wrap up then is if you were going to hand out the awards, which movie would you give as the best one, at least of the ones that you saw anyway? I, I feel like there's really no competition here. Um, for me, best film and best director would go to um, Boyhood and Richard Linklater because what he has accomplished there is really – it's unprecedented. He's yeah. He's made a movie that's just – it's unprecedented. Like I felt – pride watching this movie <laughs> that's awesome so it was that's, i was like a proud daddy sitting in the audience like yeah. yeah here we go that's fantastic okay and then one other final question is of the movies that you saw at sundance and of the films coming out of sundance which is the one performance people should look out for as well oh that's a that's a great question and honestly i think i might have to go with jk simmons from uh, whiplash yeah he is just so phenomenal he's so dynamic um and he is you know he's kind of an abusive character in the movie so sometimes you know you could make the argument that it's easier to play a bad guy and he is arguably a bad guy but he just owns that role that's awesome to hear i mean i really really like him as an actor so to hear you just kind of praise him up and that performance only makes me excited (laughs) so Yeah. yeah that's fan fantastic uh, well, thanks for joining us, Matt, on this In Session Film Extra Film podcast. Uh, before we get out of here, where can people go and find your awesome reviews at? So I'm over at uh, www, who would have thought, um, com, And I essentially, I do movie news, uh, mostly reviews. I try and hit up a bunch of festivals. Um, I'll definitely yeah. be covering SIF later this year, which is the Seattle International Film Festival because I'm based out of Seattle. Um, Right now, I'm contemplating whether or not I'm going to go to South by Southwest in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Which would be awesome. So I'm I'm trying to figure out my March schedule and whether or not I'm going to make it to that. But I'm thinking I'm probably going to go if I can swing it. And I'm thinking I might be able to. That'll be awesome. Well, once those come around, we'll definitely have you on again (laughs) to to give us the lowdown on those festivals for sure. Uh, Uh, Where where can people follow you on social media? So at at Facebook, if you just search for Silver Screen Riot, I'm over there. And then on Twitter, my handle is uh, SSR. Dot com and then you spell out the dot com. You could also just search for uh, Silver Screen Riot. So basically, anywhere you're going, just search yeah. for Silver Screen yeah, yeah. Riot, and that's Riot. Like, oh my God, there's a riot! Or, <laughs> oh my God, that was a riot! Yeah, uh, definitely go and follow Matt though. He his stuff is awesome. I enjoy reading your reviews and and chatting with you on Twitter and whatnot. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely go do that. Uh, thanks again for being here. If you want to follow us on Facebook, you can do that at facebook.com slash film. You can hit us up on Twitter at film. You can also uh, follow us on Google+. Plus. We're on there uh, chit-chatting a lot as well. Just search for film. And just want to say a big thank you to those that are supporting the show. 
Uh, if you want to do that, you can go to our website at InCessionFilm.com and just click on our premium podcast uh, button we have on our main menu or our donate button. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. All of that goes directly back into supporting the show so we can have awesome guests like Matt come on the show. So thanks for doing that. Um, this next week on our podcast, I think the plan is to review Labor Day, or we're not quite sure, uh, but be sure oh, and go. Because <laughs> there's really no, 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 not yet. But oh, uh, there's oh. <laughs> there's nothing else coming out this weekend. Oh so. my god! Uh, but you know, I, I I'm kind of interested in it for two reasons. Don't one, be. one. Don't well, be. Let me tell you, don't be. <laughs> well, well, one. I want to see it because Winslet was nominated for her performance in that, and I got Josh Brolin on some level has to make up for Old Boy, so. Nope. <laughs> no, he says. So Let me we'll, tell you. Nope. We'll see about that. Uh, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. Well, maybe we'll just review the sing-along version of Frozen then. <laughs> maybe that's Seriously. what we'll do. Uh, also, you could go check out our la- last week's uh, show where we discussed uh, the nominations for the Oscars. Um, that show is out right now, so you can be sure and go and do that. Uh, I guess before we get out of here, Matt, uh, do you have any final thoughts on anything before we leave today? No, just thanks for having me on, JD. Um, as always, I love the stuff that you guys do. So yeah, thank you. Glad, uh, glad you're able to have me on and um, look forward to being on sometime next month. I yeah. don't know exactly what film we're slated to talk about. but Yeah, I'm not sure either off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, well, it's definitely the week before the Oscars. I know that. Yep. But uh, yeah, look forward to having you on our, on our main show. Yeah, thanks again for being here. Uh, it was definitely a pleasure, and I loved hearing all the stuff you had about Sundance. It was, it yeah, was really neat to hear. Yeah, I so. uh, hope that you're able to see all the good stuff, and hopefully I've diverted you from seeing the worst of <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh, and even Kristen Stewart has a performance to possibly look forward to, so there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you guys next time on the Incession Film Podcast. And music will play here. And here we go. (laughs) And that will play too, yeah. Absolutely.